Hello and welcome to the very first Gig CX Decoded podcast. Dive into the wonderful world of gig-based customer service, or as we like to call it, Gig CX. Uh, it's brought to you by Limitless. Uh, I have to say uh, that we are the world's leading provider of Gig CX. That's not just me saying that. Uh, and I am your host, um, Chris Dumpleton. I'm the Senior Vice President of Sales here at Limitless. Um, what is Gig CX? Gig CX or gig-based customer experience enables businesses to crowdsource customer support by routing digital inquiries to passionate brand experts. Now, that's the product line. That's what it's all about. That is the gig. Sorry, couldn't help that. And today, for the very first episode, uh, there's two people I know very well, um, but those listening may not know so well, but they are the founders of Limitless, my two bosses, so um, this will be nice to them. And that's Roger Beadle and Megan Neal. Roger, Megan, good to have you on the show. I haven't seen you in minutes, but, you know, how are you guys? <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks for having us, Chris. Super yeah, excited. thanks for the invite. <laughs> well, that's it. It was a bit of a busman's holiday on the first one, but we need to get this thing, uh, let's get this thing started. So this is our first one. So um, today what we're going to do is we're going to dive into our GigCX industry report. Um, that's something that we do every year talks a lot about um, the facts and figures of, of a gig-based customer service. But I thought before we do that, um, I'm going to just throw you a bit of a curveball because obviously we've rehearsed a little bit of this, but we haven't. I haven't told you that I'm going to do this part. But I always get fascinated when you describe you know, where this all comes from and what I'd like, if it's okay, just to ask you the, uh, the million-dollar question. You know, you're the founders of Limitless, so why on earth did you form it? Roger, what do you reckon? Um, thanks for that curveball, Chris. Um, well, I mean, yeah, having, having spent uh, 25 years, each of us, in the customer service industry, predominantly uh, in the outsourced contact center industry, uh, building and, and managing uh, those call centers, um, we just felt that there had to be um, a better way uh, that we could provide amazing customer experiences. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as entrepreneurs, having built and sold um, a contact center business previously, uh, we wanted to get to build a new company, uh, the two of us, back in 2015, when we started thinking about what that new company might look like. Um, and we were, you know, considering, as you do, um, what do we do we know about, you know, where's our, our expertise and experience and and it is in the CX industry. Um, so we were then beginning to think about two, two things. Uh, what's, where do we see the future of the industry going? And what were the biggest uh, kind of problems or the biggest challenges? So um, I guess probably I'll split this up with Megan. I'll, I'll, think, I'll, I'll talk a bit about what we saw with some of the potential, the future and potential growth areas of the industry. Mm -hmm. And maybe Megan, if you you sort of cover off the uh, the big challenges as we as we saw them, and kind of interesting to think about how some of those predictions um, have become a reality. Actually, so I mean, when we were first thinking of of a new business in this space, we were fascinated um, by the growth of marketplaces like Uber, Airbnb, uh, right. eBay uh, that were working in in terms of huge scale growth. Uh, global growth, um, all fundamentally working to provide amazing and better customer experiences in their industries, uh, but all built on the foundation of trust. So that was something 
Um, we were really excited about the growth of freelancing. So even back then, you know, with the emergence of uh, these platforms that were enabling people to access work in different ways, we could see that the future of work was, was becoming very different. This kind of move from kind of fixed working models to more kind of fluid, agile working models. Yeah, yeah. And um, look, growth in messaging, you know, the, mm -hmm. the world is moving to WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and, and everything else. Um, and we could see that the customer service industry was going to go that way. But if it did go that way, as we predicted, it was going to need a much more kind of agile workforce. Um, and then finally, I guess, in terms of these kind of growth areas, we could see the emergence of automation, AI, robotics. But we wanted to find a way where it could augment people uh, working within the CX space to be able to provide better customer service uh, on behalf of uh, the customers. So. Um, they were some of the growth areas that we could see that were, you know, helped us kind of formulate the idea for Limitless. Yeah. Yeah, no, all true. Um, I think when people ask me why did I co-found Limitless, the second question they ask me is why did you choose Roger as a founder and why did he choose you? <laughs> This is a big reveal. I've definitely not heard that one, but yeah, go on. <laughs> the thing is, I cannot think of anyone better um, to run a business with. So I don't want to make you blush, but we genuinely are very lucky to, to complement each other and we learn from each other every single day. Um, and it's an amazing opportunity to be able to work with someone, build something with someone you, you truly, truly respect. So. Mm. Um, and to have the same vision. And I think Roger's just articulated the opportunity we saw. Um, but also there were some really big problems that we just felt very unsatisfied that we hadn't solved in our entire careers running these operations. And, you know, the access to talent was getting tougher and tougher. Right. We yeah. had to find great people uh, who wanted to then stay. Um, the amount that we can afford to pay people in a contact center has always been minimum wage, and that's not set to change. Therefore, mm -hmm. really tough to, to keep great people and show them a path to progression and, and give them a good living standard through their salary. Um, and then suddenly something that's just been exacerbated with the pandemic, the lack of agility and the flexibility within the workforce. All enterprises now need to be able to absolutely stand up resources in line with customer demand, whatever's going on in the world. So for us, those problems we really wanted to solve, we wanted to solve them together. And uh, it's been great fun. And then being able to build a team, you know, a brilliant team. I genuinely feel, I know you do too, that we've got the best team in the business to take the world by storm and, and educate everyone on how gig can be um, a game changer. Well, yeah, my own personal perspective on all those things is, you know, my uh, my first ever job was in a contact centre, as you know, because I told told you that when I when I first interviewed, and uh, so we can all relate to being customers. Um, we all come from the industry, uh, but we're all really used to using these sorts of platforms, like you, you mentioned, whether it's Uber, or Airbnb, or eBay, where there's the relationship between somebody who's got a question and someone who's got an answer, and then bringing them together and messaging being what everybody uses. I mean, if, frankly, if my parents use it on a day-to-day -day basis and we have five-minute conversations over two days, just shows you how you know, what the uptick is. So, yeah, and um, fantastic. Well, that was a good intro. Sorry for that one. I thought I'd just um, throw that as a 
there's a, a bigger, wider introduction to uh, to the whole podcast and and having you on the show. So, so we're going to get into the report. Um, uh, now, a little bit about the report was it's the only one, as far as we know, that's based entirely on gig-based customer service. So, we've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, and as part of that report, we look at every aspect from the current state, the views on gig CX, and the global industry. You know, the CX is is a you know, category all by its own involving everything to do with technology people different ways of working so getting the views from people in that industry we surveyed god this time as a 400 cx leaders over 600 actual experts a gig cx experts and then we sat 16 people down tried to get a few more but 16 were the ones that came up for it um, <laughs> across various industries <laughs> Uh, technology, retail, e-com, food, sports, consumer goods, healthcare and marketplaces. So big industry veteran leaders who, you know, have a really strong opinion about this. So we got views from wider people in the CX industry. We got views from the actual experts doing the work. And then we spoke to the you know, senior leaders, um, brought all that together. And if you're interested, those listening or watching us, you can go over to limitlesstech.com and find the bigger report there and get and dive into all the facts and figures. But what today we're going to do is we're going to dive into a few of the cells. So um, what I thought I'd do is lead the conversation and I'm going to pick out a few of the, the, uh, the key key things um, from my perspective and we're going to have a general chit chat about them. So first one, uh, you know, why should CX leaders care about GigCX? Um, 72% of customer services managers uh, have added or plan to add gig talent to their contact center or customer service operations within the next two years. Now, you know, 2015, when you were founding the company, if you saw a stat like that, you would have bitten, well, bitten my arm off, but you know, that relationship's gone. But you, you, that, they're having people talk in that language um is just outstanding um from a evolution and pace of change around what gigsex is all about so why do you think that is um well i think you know from the awareness perspective uh of gigsex and the, the way of working since uh founding the business back in 2016 launching the platform uh in 2017 um you know it's been an amazing rise um We've got huge companies now um, working with us on our platform, benefiting from um, the GigCX model. So I think, you know, the industry, whilst it is a huge in terms of the amount of money that's spent in terms of running customer service operations globally, it's actually quite a small industry in terms of um awareness of these kinds of emerging models and and when something it really gets traction uh we saw last year mckinsey uh writing about you know is gig cx the next yeah. big thing in customer care we've mm. seen analysts like gartner and forrester talking about gig cx etc so i think you know this kind of rising raising awareness um in the marketplace um i think ultimately though from the reasons and if we come back bring it back to our report you know the first one of the most important reasons that they were giving uh, the cx leaders were giving about 
what why they were interested in gig cx was access to talent so the, yeah. the kind of the number one reason was access to talent and and if we think about what's going on with the um the gen z's uh, the millennials the younger of those um by 2025 75 percent of the workforce as we know is going to be made up by uh, gen z's and millennials yeah. they're looking to work in a different way this has been accelerated by the pandemic uh, with people looking to work in, in different ways. What that means is it's becoming even harder to find people to work in call centers. Mm. People that are willing to travel to a, a contact center, physical location, work 40 to 50 hours a week, um, be kind of strapped into the headset in that kind of traditional uh, way of working. Um, so it's becoming really difficult. So by finding a way to offer CX leaders a global talent pool, yeah. Uh, operate within i think that's something that's really attracting them to the model yeah and i think just to build on to that um during the, the survey and the research you know big theme coming around access to talent for sure um bigger than bigger than um the last two years the second big theme was around flexible working now this started post-pandemic as they need a bcp plan everyone needed a disaster recovery mm. plan in case of uh, big events, but actually it's more than that. It's more than being able to cope with a complete shift in, in, in an outage. It's being able to genuinely be able to flex uh, resourcing at an intra-day, an intra-week level, um, and being able to mirror uh, your cost base with the demand from your customers. So that ability to, to continue to invest in your traditional model, um, but uh, save money by deploying a gig CX um, model um, allows you to to deliver on both of those things. Really, gives you that real world flexibility. Yeah, the, the um, it's funny that you know when I'm you know in, in where are we? My daughter, she's eight, so ten years time, and I'll sit down and go right. So yeah, Daddy used to yeah go in an office, and we used to go to a building. We used to sit down five days a week and work forty, fifty sometimes 60 sometimes more hours a week you know and that was that we did i can just should be looking at me like why, why would you do that i mean it's just it's just a bit weird and, and it's just that that pace of change of how the new generation coming forward will expect to be able to work um mm. and that's just when i say a scary start i don't mean it probably scary because i'm over 40 now but like when you know in, in in you know a couple of years time 75 percent of everyone's going to be in gen Z millennials and uh, and that's how they expect to work and this concept of you know there was there was something i read the other day which really struck with me which was rather than bring the work sorry i got it wrong way around rather than bring the people to the work which is the old school model that you know we've all kind of grown up in you take the work to the people and and technology enables you to do that and distribute work and ask people to work in a more flexible way so for me, that's what's, um, it always resonated that, that phrase. So cool. Right. So that's good. Great opener. I think we've done well there. So, um, this is, this is our third year now doing the report. Um, it was our stake in the moon as we landed on this planet of gig CX. I'll stop that analogy. Um, which is what we wanted to do, which was the, it's a you know, gig as a term covers a multitude of different verticals and gig cx is r1 around contact centers and customer experience and we we felt like 
what we needed to do was go into more detail to explain it and to give people something that because there wasn't anything that they could go to to understand more more about it um so over the three years this is um what, what do you think's changed what's been the main thing for you that stood out in this year's report yeah i was really fascinated actually because um i mean it's bigger and better every year you know you get more more uh, content uh, more interesting views and also the themes that come out um evolve i wouldn't say they've been um you know shifted incredibly but uh, the big thing for me if i think about the the takeaways um you've already mentioned the big stat that you know over 70 percent of customer service managers um plan to add gig talent in some way to their customer service operation mm. but i think it's then the next layer down in terms of what does that mean what type of work will the gig talent be doing right. um and i think two years ago uh, the kind of the sentiment and the view with the, was that gig talent um, can actually sort of do level one type inquiries, if you're familiar with that terminology. Um, yeah, explain that a bit more, just for everyone. So level one. Uh, level one type inquiries, general inquiries, how to, things that don't right. need access to systems, things that don't need access to personal data, for example. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's like super simple, super easy. But what we're seeing now from uh, the work we're doing with uh, a lot of these CX leaders is that Actually, a significant proportion uh, want Gig to do more because it's working so well. Um, and they want them to be fully accredited and qualified to handle mm. certain aspects of personal data and they want to give them access to systems. So uh, for me, the major takeaway was over a third of the people we spoke to mm. um, thought that actually the Gig agents and experts could handle either all aspects of the service, um, so every line of business, for example, and over 60% of the inquiries that, that I received in, um, which I think is phenomenal. So, and, and, and to your point earlier, it's about the the accelerating that pace of change. Yeah, it's not a slow evolution here. We're seeing things genuinely step change quarter on quarter, uh, year on year. So uh, yeah, that, tr that trust has really improved. If, if people are considering this for additional contact types and more complexity, it just feels like trust has improving in in the model what, roger what do you think i, I definitely agree um, with regards to uh trust um again people are seeing the results um of others that are already uh, working in this way um as i say it's a small industry you know that kind of sharing of that information and that knowledge mm. and that curiosity to now um actually try is not just based on uh, pure innovation it's actually based on fact of what's working within that industry with other companies other competitors at this time and that obviously begins to attract um, different kinds of organizations um, I think other things that are going on over the last uh, that we're seeing and over the last couple of years in the GigCX space um, we're seeing new new companies enter the space new com new competitors if you like to to, to limitless and but what we're kind of seeing as well is that um, there is going to be a little bit of confusion in the marketplace as to what is, if you like, pure GigCX, mm. uh, which is very much what Limitless is about with regards to how we operate, how the platform works, mm. um, to other organizations who are um, badging uh, the, what they're offering as gig 
but actually um, it's really akin to a zero hour employment kind of contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, our, in our world, if we go right back to that vision and the mission that we, yeah. we talked about up front, we absolutely are wanting to tap into people who are genuinely passionate advocates, real product users of the brands, mm-hmm. uh, want to enable them to work on a pure gig way, i.e. freelancing model. Uh, we want them to be able to be rewarded for every task they do. So not signing up for shifts and hourly rates, mm-hmm. but actually just coming onto the platform and, and working perhaps on one or two tasks and, you know, and, and having the freedom of choice to do that and working in a completely unscheduled way. So those are some of the things that we're seeing, this kind of bit of muddying of the water. So I think uh, that's going to be something that we need to make sure as an industry we get clarity on. Uh, and then just lastly, I would say, it, yeah, we couldn't say not say that we're going to see the signs of the macroeconomic environment beginning to to kind of, I think, fuel the gig economy because, mm. you know, the world over, you've got... Um, inflation rising faster than than obviously uh, salary uh, growth um, and what that means is that you know the cost of living uh, the world over people are going to be really stretched mm. and what we tend to see then in that scenario is people looking for other ways to add additional income so people that are working you know in employment looking for that kind of secondary additional income yeah, yeah. and I think we'll talk a little bit more in, in a bit uh, about you know as we go on to thinking about how the gig experts work and how much work they do but effectively giving people that opportunity to earn a little extra money I think is what we're seeing and I think that's even going to accelerate the amount of resource that's looking to work on these platforms Now, that's only a great thing for the organizations that want to you know enable a gig model because they're going to have even more talent uh, kind of coming to the platforms looking to work in this way yeah good yeah great great point i'm, I'm going to pull out um it's a good segue actually because we're going to go into a bit of the report now but that point about who the kind of experts are and how much they work and this whole potential confusion that's in the industry about companies uh, or sorry operating models effectively rebadging what gig is it, you know, there's a number of aspects which make make that very confusing for people. So let, let's talk a bit about um, some of the main themes in the in the report because I think this helps to clarify some of the um, some of the components of what pure gig is in our language. Um, and I think that'd be a good thing to do. So look, the first one um, that I noticed that was prevalent was that gig CX experts are, are not full time. A really important point when you consider potential confusion about other models of this so what what, what's your feeling on that yeah well if we pick out a couple of the stats from the report just to give that context um we found that uh, 79 percent of people that work in gig cx are doing 10 hours or less on average a week 10 hours or less Uh, yeah yeah and that and and that 79 again 79 yeah 80 percent of them are are gig or freelance part-time so they're working you know less Mm -hmm. than hours they're freelance and they're part-time now okay so so why is that good actually we're really pleased about this stat this is as we would have designed it and what's great is because people get to choose 
it is actually coming as we would hope. Because when we used to run contact sensors, what we would find is um, that you could get burnout, that you, you, you get that fatigue, that kind of repetition of responding to customers, which, which then leads into this kind of bland, kind of vanilla experience that people get when they contact brands. So actually, little and often, but high quality is what we really wanted. Um, so actually, people coming on, and if you think about what we've done, or what the gig model allows you to do, it flips it round. Rather than someone coming to work in a shift and a schedule when they've been rostered, yeah. on a gig platform, they're choosing to log on whenever yeah. they want to. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the psychological if you're coming to work when you're ready to come to work as opposed to you're coming to do a shift that you've been rostered maybe a week, three weeks, four weeks in advance. Mm. Yeah. So just imagine that. And then you're bringing your A game to the customer service, to the customers that you're going to be helping and supporting. So I think it little and often is what we're seeing. And I think that's really interesting that that's what's actually bearing out. And it's bearing out at scale. You know, you need 5,000 kind of users now. Uh, on limitless so you know it's it's really mm -hmm. very scale yeah i can i can i can relate to that i think the the difference between choosing to work versus having to work you think about anything that you do if you if you do it because you want to do it um you're gonna you're gonna get a better experience out of that and if you think but you know there's the subtle things about if you will remember back in the day some of the training you used to get as a um, as a customer service agent on the phone, always say smile on the, you know, smile because the customer can hear it. Or what, you know, you magnify that by the fact that if the experts are turning up to work when they want to, to, to you know, that that's the equivalent. But in, in my opinion, that's going to be that's going to be bigger. Right. So the next one I want to talk about, um, which is one that um, Megan, I know you're already passionate about, is that uh, GigCX improves the experts well-being fascinating this topic what, what, what did you make of that yeah no i was really really thrilled that this came out as a very strong feature and theme mm. in the report um, um and as you say i mean i think over 80 percent about 83 percent said that gig cx had a positive impact on their mental well-being um and there's really kind of three big themes that support that one is as we've talked a lot about already today is the freedom that people have to um uh, to engage and work when they want to work, and that's a real positive mm, factor. Yeah. Uh, financial independence, so really giving people control over their ability to earn, um, and then just easy accessibility to work, so making it super easy so people can fit it into their daily lives and reduces a lot of that stress, pressure with other things that um, people may need to do. You know, a few examples of experts are, you know, carers of people in their, their family and, you know, of course need to prioritise that and this gives them a good fit. Um, I just love all the stories, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed to have so many people's stories in, in our business, but it, in particular I can recall sort of three key people that have uh, really resonated with us. One is mm. Mary in, in the Philippines, works on one of our large mobile clients, um, and she's used the earnings from Limitless to pay for her dream wedding, which is phenomenal. And she just said that that wouldn't be possible without it. Um, we've got Adam uh, in, in Glasgow, uh, who works for one of our tech support 
clients uh, and he's um, saving for investing in special times with his children um, and really, really making a difference and making memories for them. And then sort of two of the most wonderful cohorts I think we have across our whole um, crowds are sort of semi-retired and retired pool. Uh, people kind of choosing from that 55, 60 plus to take a step back from the working world, still have a lot to give, still have amazing skills. Um, and John has been on the platform for, for a while. He's a retired IT professional and his feedback consistently is it, it just gives him a sense of purpose, gives him a reason for being, right. simply loves helping people. Um, and these stories come through thick and fast and everybody has their own personal journey, but it, it's wonderful that we're able to support so many people. That is amazing. I love that. Um, it's hard to put your finger on sometimes the benefits that you bring because you can get so caught up sometimes in the the more overt metrics but when you've got somebody on the expert side saying it gives me a sense of purpose i mean yeah. bottle that and sell it brilliant yeah. absolutely love it great one right we're going to move on to the other side of the coin here which is the actual cx leaders themselves so this is a big um this is a big one that came out of the report, which was, and um, the, the, they feel that it's inevitable. Now, choice of language is crucial here because when um, yeah, Limitless was, when you founded Limitless back in 2016, there's a brand new way of dealing with customer contacts uh, in this entirely different way to be there six years later and have cx leaders say that they feel it's now inevitable i mean you don't get much more reassurance than that that you've you've picked the right horse to to uh back or company to found to uh extend the metaphor so what, what did you make of uh what do you make of that one roger well um obviously we're really massively uh pleased and um maybe a little surprised just on, on how quick uh, it's taken mm -hmm. to create a new category in this space. You know, it's been 20, 25 years um, that the traditional contact centers, we've seen that evolution and there hasn't really been any kind of major transformation in terms of how um, customer services provided and how it's actually resourced. Yeah. So this is absolutely um, a huge transformation and to, to see that from inception, when we had created uh, the platform in 2016 and launched in 2017, see the acceleration. Of course, with the pandemic, um, that's fueled the drive for enterprise companies looking for more resilience, um, more as well as the more agility and flexibility that they were crying out for anyway. Um, we talked earlier, you know, about the talent pool and the other benefits that they're looking for and problems that they want to mm -hmm. solve. But fundamentally, um, this kind of drive has been incredible. And, you know, the, the stat, I think, in, in the report was that 84% um, did say that, you know, that, as you say, the gig CX is inevitable, which is incredible. It's a, you know, a huge, a huge majority. Um, and then I, I think it's worth, worth picking out um, a quote from Mike Flanagan, who's a, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a VP um, for customer service at Microsoft, mm -hmm. um, hugely influential uh, in the industry, um, 
very, very experienced in this space and very, very flattered that he contributed to the report, but also uh, in, in, in the uh, quotes that he, he put forward. I won't read you the full one. You should download and, and look at the GCX report to see more from Mike. Um, but he actually said that it's no, in, in their view, Microsoft's view, it's no longer a pilot or a proof of concept. It's a concrete idea that companies are incorporating into the future of work. Um, so really powerful and absolutely what we're seeing now um, for those organizations that have been working on our platform and others for the last few years, mm. there's no longer does it work, can it work? It's now working at scale. And now the next steps are what more can it do? Got it. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an amazing uh, introduction to my uh, my next question or the next finding, which was the um, the another the other the big one that came out was the untapped scope of GigCX is bigger than than we think. It needs a bit of explaining um, just from a from from those listening about what potentially people think GigCX is is there is there to do versus what it what it could do. Now there's two sides to that. There's sort of a level of understanding around. There's also what what you know, what have you guys got planned as you know, as um, owners of this business to be able to allow experts to do to do more? So perhaps you could touch on that. Yeah, no, no, really happy to. And I think you know, there's two uh, two people we need to ask, two groups of people we need to ask this question mm. to in terms of what what can GigCX truly achieve um, in the sort of short and medium term. One is the CX leaders, uh, and, and they're telling us, as with Mike Cunningham, they, they want to do more, but also the CX, CX experts. Um, and over 90% of them said that they are really keen to take on more complex customer right. queries. You know, they want to be able to add more value. They want to be able to provide a full resolution to consumers and customers when they're engaging with them. And, and that means giving them access to different systems, giving them access to different data. Mm. So our ethos here at Limitless um, is we're working towards a, an environment where a GigCX expert can actually do anything that an agent can, anything that a call center agent can. Um, and it will take some time, uh, time for the market to mature in terms of their appreciation and understanding that that's possible. Um, and um, that's largely the big dependency, really. It, 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 there isn't really a technical dependency. There isn't really mm. a dependency on uh, any other form of uh, compliance. It is just a, a comfort level with the model. Um, and we talk um, with Marine Tabouche, who's the EVP at Genesis. Mm -hmm. Some of you will know Genesis is the market-leading contact center CX orchestration platform worldwide. Uh, we've probably got that definition wrong, so sorry, Genesis. Um, but, but his view is that customers the world over would prefer to take product advice from other customers. It's as simple as that. You want to engage with someone who can empathize with you, and you want that person to be armed with the correct tools to fully support you and, and uh, resolve any questions that you may have. So it's really about tapping into that empathy that other customers have, but through GigCX, giving them all and empowering them in the same way as a, a contact center agent is. So getting the, the best of both worlds, really. Do you, I, I've actually, um, I don't even know why this didn't dawn on me, but this 
I've got an, I've got a use case for this. Well, not use case, an example, right? Where so I've got a um, wonderful TV that's massive, and my dear mother was over at the weekend wanting to watch the tennis on it. Would it work? Would I could I get into the famous British um, TV streaming? BBC iPlayer, right? Could I get into it? No. For some reason, it would not log on. Um, it was only when I was talking to my friend um, Sunday, and we were just chit-chatting about stuff, and I said, it just really, it was really annoying yesterday because my mum wanted to watch um, watch tennis, it wouldn't work. And we were talking, and he said, I had that issue. Do you know what fixed it? He said, well, I, for some reason at home, my TV had two connections to the Wi-Fi. For some reason, it would then compete in conflicts all the time. Uh, he said, so if you go on, you do this. And then I looked and it was like, yeah, I've got two as well. I didn't know that. I couldn't find this thing. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't overt. Go somewhere else and just get, you know, de- disconnect both of them, and then just log on again once. And hey, presto, the whole thing works. So apart from the, you know, just the, you know, it's annoying that this, you know, I've got this expensive TV sat there and the thing wouldn't work. But, you know, what a great, you know, it's just an example of when someone's done it, how they can just go, I've been in your shoes, try this. And I was, you know, well, brilliant. I was like, <laughs> my mum's going to be happy next time she comes around. <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. I mean, there are so so many, and we could do this uh, all day. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was just one last night, actually, I'll share, which is um, I was talking to a, to a former colleague who said, oh, my brother-in-law, is um, he, he loves Disney. Uh, he, he takes his family there almost every year. Mm. They love the theme parks. Now, I happen to be going in a few weeks, taking my children, I'm a bit, you know, time poor. I haven't had time to kind of do my research or understand, you know, how to, um, yeah. you know, to even get my ticket, get right. etc. So, yeah, my ex colleague has already connected me with his brother-in-law, who is absolutely happy because he's loves Disney, loves the brand, is fanatical about it. He's really experienced at the theme parks. I can now have that conversation. And I'm going to actually really get a much better experience when I go to Disney on that holiday. And that's the power of Gig CX. It's to find those people all over the world who have that knowledge, who have that love and passion for your brands, and then empower them to help your customers. Yeah. I mean, it's transformational in terms of the experience. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm going to say one, well, not... Think of an example more, but the first is it's a human nature now, right? So when I, if I need to know something or want to get, a, I want to get a recommendation or referral or word of mouth or something, what do I do? I pull out my phone, go onto WhatsApp, and I ask my group of friends, "Can anyone recommend me X, Y, Z?" Or does anyone know how to one, two, three? But when I look at that, that's that's you know that's what Gig CX is, right? It's 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 asking a, a bunch of people that. Can, can help using a digital form of communication that's convenient for me to ask the question and I don't expect an answer that second you know I expect a quick answer but I want to have a but I want to have the engagement with someone um and they're they're able to answer when it's convenient for them and that's that's what I do anyway that alone it just makes sense right anyway we, we're going to turn this into a big pitch we, that's not that's not the idea right so let's let's move on so I want, I want to go on to a bit now about um some of the some of the um, problems that we're we're solving um, with the model and the um, one of the findings in the report was that staffing issues are a 
huge driver for GigCX. I mean, yeah, with the pandemic and everything, you can see why this has become a big issue. Um, but I'm interested in your perspective of you know, why that's such a huge driver and what else has fueled it. And is, is it just about the pandemic or is it about anything else? Um, well, yeah, and, and in terms of the, the, the findings um, in the, the GigCX report, the point to this was that, you know, the, the number one reason um, that was given uh, by CX leaders for um, was around staffing issues. So, that you know, 44% felt that finding qualified contact centre talent uh, is harder now than before the pandemic. Um, okay. So I think absolutely it's exacerbated um, by what's happened. There are lots of different things. I think there is, we talked earlier about the changing dynamics of the workforce, you know, the, grow, the growth of the millennials and the Gen Zs, particularly the Gen Zs in the workforce, yeah. wanting to work differently. I think the pandemic, everybody knows lots about this in terms of the move to working from home. And then the desire, therefore, to go back and work in the contact center, it's really hard. People are not really wanting to go back to the office full time. They're quite happy to go back maybe one or two days a week, mm. different circumstances, different scenarios, different industries. Um, but that is something that's happening. We've heard about the great resignation. Lots of people having lots of time to think. Lots of people enjoying more time with their family, friends. Lots of people understanding and valuing their work-life balance more. Um, so many contributing factors, um, but absolutely culminating in one big thing. It is not only because of a turnover and attrition, which is compounds this problem, but actually attracting enough quality talent the world over. This isn't just a um, kind of developed market, the Europe, US, North America situation. Yeah, yeah. This is happening in all markets for contact centers. So do, do you think that's, do you think it's just about finding the same standard of, of person as perhaps that's now become harder to find? Is it also anything to do with the, the level of quality that they can bring based upon the brands that need to find skill sets? So is it is there, is there a problem for finding talent based upon just straightforward agents or is it to do with a particular skill set yeah i think um this links to the need to be agile any organization now needs to be agile they need to be able to um quickly find talent that has the skills that they need mm. so essentially in the old world calling it old because it is the traditional model um recruitment takes time and then you'll speak to competency, you might have you know, two to four weeks training and then speak to competency six to nine months, some of these um, yeah. large enterprises. And that just simply doesn't work anymore as a model because the, the ability to flex that resourcing just isn't quick enough for the demands of the organization. So I think you're right to point out it's not just um, sort of the, the standard capability of skills, it's also people are expecting people with high level of skills to come in and hit the ground running. And you can do that much quicker um, with a GigCX model because people can come in and, and tap in uh, as they need to. And I think I was really um, 
uh, interested in Sue Morris, um, her, her sort of feedback during the report, she's the VP of customer success at GitHub, which mm -hmm. is a leading developer platform uh, recently acquired by Microsoft. And mm -hmm. GitHub has a huge amount of uh, incredible talent across its organization. You know, developers are in high demand, and it's really important to them that they retain that staff. But actually, they've, they've taken a view that they can't retain them. They need to support them to go part-time. They need to support them to be agile, flexible, and offer gig work, because actually it's inevitable. So I think that's a very interesting strategy um, mm -hmm. about just being very supportive of people making a different choice in how they want to work and, and embracing it almost uh, to, to really fuel the success of an organization rather than fighting it. There's no point anymore. I love it. It's it is inevitable, and it's everyone saying it. Yeah. It's not it's not a case of if anymore. It's when. Um, right. I, I, so I've um, we've, we've got a bunch more questions to ask you. I did promise my producer that we try and keep this to thirty minutes, and we're already we're already bleeding over the edge. So I'm going to ask you two more quick questions, and I'll wrap up. So, firstly, just want to know what's next for GigCX. What what's the biggest opportunities out there? Um, don't know who wants to take that one. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I think we touched on it a little bit, Chris. I think I'm super excited about um, getting to a position where, you know, CX leaders are really super excited about tapping into this incredible resource pool of your own customer base, but empowering them in the same way that you empower your agents. And right. for me, there's a, there's a reason that we call it the business limitless, right? <laughs> that genuinely creates limitless opportunities for you as an organization. It means you no longer need to be constrained in terms of what you want to achieve as an organization by the resource pool that you have. Yeah. It means that you can think about what goals do I want to have and I know that I can support those goals with a completely flexible um, operating model. So it's about focusing on the outputs, not the inputs. And for me, that's incredibly exciting. Excellent stuff. Okay, great. Right, last one. Roger, I'm going to go to you for this one. So um there's probably a big answer to all of this because there's a lot to explore but what 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 can cx leaders do to begin exploring and looking at gig cx for their own business what would you advise that they do um okay well i think you know just just very quickly i i think always um start you know start small begin to look for opportunities of what kind of inquiry types might fit this model yeah. um, and we you know a business like limitless can help in that kind of discovery uh, mm -hmm. stage when you're doing that but think about who might the experts be and you can imagine they're absolutely the very best picture of what that expert might look like in terms of their skills their background their knowledge yeah think about what channels digital channels that they might be able to communicate to the customers in and then think about what kind of inquiries would really lend it themselves to people with great hands-on product knowledge, mm. uh, great ad, you know, product advocacy, uh, and obviously a huge amount of empathy for the customers they're talking to. So typically look at those kind of customer support, troubleshooting, uh, kind of tech support, definitely think about that. Think about onboarding how yeah. experienced product users could help onboard new customers so they actually get more value from the products and services, get set yeah. up properly up front, 
and are less likely downstream to contact you, causing more cost further downstream. So think about those sorts of things. Absolutely, you need to be thinking about a partner with huge amount of experience. We talked a little bit earlier about pure gig versus kind of a lookalikey gig model. So yeah. you need to be thinking about understanding the differences between the two. You know, are you looking for just a zero hour employment contract, which is perhaps not that favorable for the people working in that environment? Or are you looking for a genuine uh, platform that gives people the freedom to come and go in a true gig uh, way? Um, which links to my last point around look for the good gig principles. We have our own charter is absolutely essential. It means that we reward people fairly all over the world. It means that we don't have any kind of bias towards DNI in terms of our onboarding processes. Um, and there are a, a raft of different things that absolutely think about because the people that are going to do work in the gig model on your behalf are highly likely, definitely in the limitless case, going to be your customers. So yeah. if you're going to empower your customers to help support other customers, you need to make sure your partner is going to treat them as you would like them to be treated. Hmm. That's a, a great way to finish up. Well, we, we probably need to do a part two of this because I've got a whole bunch of other questions that uh, I want to ask you and delve more into. But I think for now, we're going to wrap, we're going to wrap up for the very first one. So thank you both for your time. Uh, as always, pleasure to talk to you um, in this channel as well as always. Um, the, the reasons why you started Limitless, I, I hear something there every time I ask that question or I hear you talk about it and it's fascinating. And and as time goes on, we all hear these little anecdotes, just why this whole thing works. And when you hear from the experts, you know, what they've what they've spent their money on, money that they probably couldn't have accessed in this way before. And and the fact that it taps into people's desires to help, you know, this is what people are wired to do that. And and what we what we we are, Limitless is giving them is that mechanism to do it. So fascinating here. There's gonna be a part two where we'll ask more questions, but for now we're gonna say goodbye so thank you for that amazing discussion so um stay tuned for our next episode so what we're going to do is go in and have many more interviews with uh, the rest of the report contributors we're going to ask them their perspectives on uh, their view of the world how they see geekcx and what they see the future look like um anyone listening you want to download the big report and dive into all the detail you can do that at limitlesstech.com but for now, we're going to call that a wrap for our very first podcast. I uh, hope it's been informative, lots to cover. And uh, any inquiries, then drop us a line at limitlesstech.com, where I'm sure we'll be happy to help. But for now, we'll say goodbye and speak to you on the next episode. <laughs>